Welcome to the Near Judge One podcast. My name is Isaac Kamins. This is a bi-weekly podcast where my friend Jess O'Brien and I discuss internal martial arts, qigong, and meditation. Uh, this week we continue with our discussion of Yang Cheng Fu. Uh, first, a little bit from his eldest son, Yang Xiaojong, from uh, Louis Swain's book. Uh, and then a couple of stories from uh, Titi Liang's book. Um, about the Yang family strife. Uh, then we look at the eight energies of Tai Chi, starting with the first two, Pong and Liu. Uh, we get into a long discussion about Liu and rollbacks, so uh, that's going to be up on our Patreon. If you want to check that out, it's uh, five bucks a month to join. You get the extended episodes and bonus episodes uh, every couple weeks. Um, and for 10 bucks a month, you can get the full archive of all of our uh, bonus content as well as interviews and other things. So check it out. I uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks for listening and take care of yourselves. In today's episode of the Ninja Trend Podcast, we're going to take another look at the life of Yang Cheng Fu, the great... Uh, popularizer of of the modern style of tai chi and we've been looking at his life story from a few different sources um today i wanted to pull a piece from yang cheng fu's book the essence and applications of taiji chen as translated by lewis swain um so this book has some interesting stuff it's got solo form but it also has written descriptions of uh, applications which some of which are kind of interesting um, but at the beginning it has a little bit about yang cheng fu's life and he uh some of his slogans and statements but what I wanted to draw from was Yang Xiaojong's preface. And Yang Xiaojong is the son, one of the elder sons of Yang Chengfu. And he writes a piece for this book when it was republished in 1948. So that this is interesting. He says, uh, Yang Xiaojong says, While he was staying in Guangdong, my father authored this book at the request of his comrades to clearly set forth the essence and applications of Taiji Chen. Since Taiji Chen is based upon the Yi Jing's Taiji and Bagua, and its accomplishments draw upon principles, energy, and image, students must first seek the image in order to nurture the qi. With time, one will come to understand the principles on one's own. Therefore, my father recorded in detail each form and posture to facilitate its study. Perhaps it will help to clarify the essence and identify the applications in order to arrive at a state of sudden understanding. Students truly must not ignore this. He goes on for one more paragraph and says, The first edition of this book was printed in 1934. Then, in all too short of a time, my father passed away. Now it is more than 10 years later, and China has been through the War of Resistance, 1937-45. to 45. Many people have since been scattered and lost. I, Yang Xiaojong, am a dull sort, and am hard-pressed to carry on the achievements of my forebears. I long for the days of the past and wipe away the tears of sadness. Now I take these printing plates, which still exist, with a plan for a new edition. Having had the pleasure of friendly support, I'm able to bring it to publication. The entire book is printed in accordance with the original. I wouldn't dare to make any revisions. The essential principles of boxing have all been thoroughly detailed by those who came before me, so how could I presume to elaborate? If the wise and virtuous of the realm are able to follow this and seek out the principles and their benefits for body and mind, that will be a blessing for family and country. Let us encourage each other in this pursuit. August 1948. So I thought that was interesting in the sense that they've just made it through the war of resistance and they're still in the middle of a civil war. 
And yet, uh, Yang Xiaozhong is taking the time to republish his father's book during that stretch, which shows that Tai Chi is, is already, you know, securing its popularity even during all these years of war and uh, civil war. And uh, 1948, I'm assuming in 1949, Yang Xiaozhong uh, makes a retreat to Hong Kong and <laughs> leaves behind uh, mainland China pretty much forever. Yep. And Hong Kong is where most people have heard of Yang Xiaozhong. He was kind of the Yang style master in Hong Kong all the way up until the 70s. Uh, well known for his push hands ability and a number of, of people, including BK Francis, went and trained with him and uh, you know got that Yang style connection before the mainland Yang family started sending out, uh, I believe, Yang Zenduo, his brother, somewhere maybe in the late 80s area. He started to come around. But for a long time, Yang Xiaozhong was the guy, the Yang style guy that was available to, to foreigners. Yep, there's a super grainy video of him on YouTube you can mm. check out. Interesting. Just looks like a ghost, but... <laughs> um, I wanted to draw today from T.T. Liang's book called Tai Chi Chuan for Health and Self-Defense, which is a small book, but it's always been known to be pretty information-packed from 1974. So at the end, he talks a little bit about the Young family, um, and he he tells some stories and then comes to a section called The Secret Bitterness of Young Family Tai Chi, How Yang Luchan Compelled His Sons to Practice Tai Chi and Nearly Caused a Calamity. So this one's got some interesting action in it. Um, it's well known that the Young family Tai Chi was developed towards the end of the Qing Dynasty by the great master Yang Luchan. But the growth and eventual prevalence of Yang's Tai Chi also contains a secret of extraordinary bitterness and grief. Towards the end of the Qing dynasty, after Yang Luchan had successively defeated 18 masters of the martial arts in their own training halls, he acquired the honorific title Yang the Unsurpassable. He then wanted with all his heart to hand down the extraordinary skill which he had spent a lifetime in learning to his two sons, Yang Banho and Yang Qianho, so the Yang family Tai Chi could be developed gloriously and brilliantly under his own descendants. With this in mind, Yang Luchan adopted a training program of unprecedented severity in supervising his two sons' practice of the art. Frequently, he knocked his sons down, causing their heads to bleed and their mouths to split open. Under this severe training, the two sons met with unspeakable suffering. One must realize that, although a martial arts man may say that all depends upon painstaking and hard practice, natural talent is also an indispensable ingredient. Banho and Janho, under their father's strict supervision, met with unbearable bitterness in their training. What the two sons found most difficult to bear was their father's insistence that they practice according to the maxim. For ten years, one sits near the window studying, not allowing eyes to stray even once to the garden. Meaning that you don't even get to look out the window for ten years. You just brutally <laughs> focus. Um, Yang Luchan did not allow his sons to even take one step out of the family courtyard. They were to remain at home training day and night. One might well ask, how long could two youths in their prime endure such treatment? The result was that Yang Ban Ho once scaled the wall and escaped, but was intercepted and brought back. Yang Chen Ho tried to hang himself, but he was rescued. Only after these two calamities did Yang Luchan come to realize the correct way of practicing martial arts. Each one has his own natural talent, and progress cannot be forced. So he could do nothing but become a bit more lenient in his supervision. So that's the story of the secret bitterness in the Yang family Tai Chi. Yeah, I mean... You can't force a tree to grow faster than it's going to grow, right? I mean, it's the same mm -hmm. principle that, um, and certainly, you know, 
whooping your kid's ass isn't going to help them. You know, like doesn't usually work that not, way, unfortunately. Not, not so much. Yeah, it's uh, definitely you know it is family lineages are a big part of martial arts, but sometimes you got to jump a generation to a grandson or whatever because like sometimes it just it's you know the kid just isn't interested and it's not a good fit. Well, I I mean I, you know who knows how much of it is uh, true and how much of it's just sort of a a lesson, but you know the idea being that like uh you know you aren't going to be uh a master necessarily right like mm. you might practice your whole life and still suck right that's the natural talent part right right for some people it's like you know they practice for 20 years and you know it, it benefits them but they weren't particularly good at it right like from a from a objective standpoint yeah other people practice for five or ten years and are really fucking good after that amount of time because you know they just had a leg up in life right it's like you know some people can naturally run fast and some people can't it's the same thing so right you know i think basically what that he came to realize is well my sons aren't gonna be what i hoped <laughs> you know and i can't force right. them to be more than what they are right and, right he had high hopes but he had to come down to reality yeah <clears throat> and when your nickname is the invincible right you right, probably unsurpassable you're, you're sort of trying to pass on this legacy to your kids and right you know, they may not be up to up to par yeah, I mean, he beat 18 masters in their own training halls. So, like, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> pretty high standards. So, what I was I was gonna read from another little story here about the Yang brothers, who are the sons of Master Yang Luchan. So, uh, in 1872, Yang Luchan became ill and died, and was brought to his native place for burial. His two sons and disciples carried his coffin to the hillside cemetery. Um, when the coffin of the great master of his generation was lowered into the ground, this, his senior disciple, Chen Shufeng, suddenly stood up before the tomb of his deceased teacher, and before the earth had even dried, he declared, Yang's Tai Chi is no longer in the hands of his descendants. As soon as the words were out, everyone was startled. Chen, Chen Shufeng, without politeness, went on to point out that while the master was alive, his two sons had never practiced his art very well. Therefore, Yang's secret and miraculous techniques had not fallen into the hands of the two brothers, but only Chen Shufeng himself had acquired the Yang family's genuine teachings. Thereupon, Chen Shufeng patted his chest and declared, I am the only head disciple of the second generation of Yang family Tai Chi. If there is anyone who is not convinced, please come up and try right now. Yang Banho and Yang Jianho never anticipated that the senior student would snatch away the title of head disciple even before the earth of their father's tomb had dried. They were furious and wanted to challenge the elder disciple. But upon considering the matter, they remembered that even in daily practice sessions, they were no match for Chen. As soon as they practiced with him, they were either knocked out or thrown over. If they were to contest the issue at this time, there would, oh, be, there would be no advantage whatsoever. The common saying is, when a gentleman takes revenge, even 10 years is not too late. So Yang Banho and Yang Jianho endured their shame and anger without saying a word. They merely shot fierce glances at Chen and silently descended the hill. <laughs> so I don't know this disciple Chen that well, but I, I don't know all the disciples of Yang Luchan. Um, yeah, clearly you know, just Chen Wu and a few of the other guys, Wu Yuxiang. Yeah, I mean, um, 
Yeah. But it was clearly just some one of his students who was like, hey, you guys aren't ready to hold, you know, take the mantle yet. I'm going to tell you (laughs) to your face at the funeral. (laughs) To take up the tale again, when Yang Bon Ho and Yang Jen Ho returned home, they suffered from their inexpressible anger. They also regretted that they had not trained seriously during their father's lifetime because they did not wish to endure the hardship involved. But now they were of a mind to study and practice diligently, so they took out their deceased father's secret manuals and practiced the techniques described in them. Accordingly, Banho and Jenho, after a period of hard practice, improved their skills by leaps and bounds. After three years, they were no longer weaklings, so they went together to seek out Chen Shu Feng and challenge him in order to recover by force the title Yang Family Head Disciple. At this time, Chen was teaching Tai Chi in the Yen Cheng district in Honan and accepted pupils there. Yang Banho and Yang Chenho sought him out and found him. After a few cold weeds of words of greeting, they came to the point. Elder disciple, did you not say that the genuine teachings of the Yang family are no longer in the hands of Yang's children? Chen Xu Feng averted his eyes and replied, oh, I forget. How long ago did I say that? Chen Ho, seeing that he was fanging ignorance, became very angry and flatly pointed out three years ago, when we carried our deceased father's coffin up the hill and had barely finished burying you said those words. Chen Xu Feng put on an appearance of understanding completely and said with a hearty laugh, yes, indeed, three years ago, I really did say that. But at the time, I did it only to intimidate you two brothers to advance. Now all is well. You have practiced hard, and after three years, the Yang family title can return to your hands again. As soon as he had said this, Chen immediately stretched out his right hand and lifting the large armchair near him with the sticking energy of his palm, moved it and set it down in front of the two brothers, saying, Very good. You two brothers are not unworthy of being named sons of the great master Yang. This chair can be considered the head disciple's chair. Please sit down. When Chen Xu Feng showed off this technique of lifting the chair with his palm, the Yang brothers looked at each other with their mouths hanging wide open in amazement. That's dope. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so he, he just did it to to sort of you know intimidate them into training harder finally right and then even afterward even though he says oh you guys are By clearly ready he shows them they ain't even close <laughs> to his level close. yeah <laughs> all right so, oh so that's the sticking energy right that's that is that left. the guy that kumar is talking about in this book who was best at the sticking energy no well, that's that- he doesn't mention sticking. He means hard energy, soft energy, and transforming energy. No, but this is the thing that Leo did to him the day right, before right, he right. died. Right, it? that's a whole nother. So it's it's like, you know, it's that same. I think I those are the, the only two stories I know of where people are actually witness to that. Right. So T.T. Leong does discuss the, the sticking technique, which I think we could actually look at here. So he says, how the technique of lifting the armchair with the sticking palm oppressed the two brothers maybe it's supposed to be impressed impressed yeah (laughs) the sticking energy of tai chi is divided into three levels highest middle and lowest a person with the highest form of tai chi sticking energy can use his flat palm to lift up anything without exerting any strength through his fingers in terms of yang style tai chi only this can be called genuine sticking energy the next we wanted to spend a little time on the eight energies of tai chi chen as described in the tai chi classics we spent a while looking at Bai Hua's interpretation of discussing these eight techniques and putting them in context and in the cosmology of, 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 I guess, traditional Chinese thought and in traditional Chinese martial arts. 
Um, but now we wanted to look a little closer at the uh, eight different energies. So I wanted to use the power of internal martial arts and chi by BK Francis. So the first of the Tai Chi's eight energies is ward off, otherwise known as Pung. Pung refers to energy rising or expanding from its source. It is the primary yang or projecting internal energy in Tai Chi, as well as the other Taoist internal martial arts. It is equally defensive and attack oriented in nature. It is the root of the yang energies in Tai Chi and can radiate from both the inside yin and outside yang surfaces of the body. Um, so he says, Pung is often compared to the energy that causes wood to float on water or a car tire to inflate or the blood vessels to fill. The term ward off pertains to the expanding nature of Pung, which allows you to create a buffer zone that prevents the first shock of an incoming attack from penetrating your defenses. Um, so everybody's Tai Chi form does the opening and then you go on to ward off. So that's, that's your sort of your, sometimes you shift forward and bring out the hands or sometimes you, you just bring the hands out. Pung is the primary yang technique. It's the way you reach out. I guess in boxing, it would be your jab. It's the, it's the thing you use to connect and sort of create a zone between you and your opponent and either absorb their force and impact or else impact them and start the impacting. It's, it's your on guard position essentially, right? Ward off. I mean, it's the, he says, uh, you know, he says it's the primary yang technique, right? It's right. So in one sense, all the other energies of Tai Chi are just that mm. one going in different directions mm -hmm. yeah. or doing different things, right? It's it's the um uh the root power kind of that yeah. Just like Santi, the standing posture in Xing Yi, you know, it becomes all the other techniques basically. Yeah, no, what what it, it's because it's the sense of being able to really open your body up is is the true nature of ward off. So it's it's not so much, I mean, it is a movement, but it's more the expansive feeling of just something's about to hit me. I'm not gonna push it when it hits me, you know, try to push it away from me. I'm just gonna fill myself up and you know absorb the you know, the pressure of the thing and have it bounce off. Me, right. Cause it's so. got a stability and structure. It's not just random inflation. Mm -hmm. It's like, you've got a connected linked, you know, connected, uh, making, in other words, you've, you've structure unified mm -hmm. your structure. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, all those things like piece of wood floating, <clears throat> uh, tire, right. Ball. Right. Right these all have this idea of buoyancy to them. Right. Mm. And, and it's, so it's kind of your buoyancy in the, in the gravitational field that you're in. Um, and I mean, the best feeling I, I think I had before I did Tai Chi was, I don't know how many people will relate to this, but as a little kid, I used to do this thing where I push my arms against the doorway Mm. both sides against the doorway and then you step away from it and your arms kind of float up without mm. you doing anything yeah that's the feeling of pong is that when you just have the sense that everything in your body is it's not moving in space but it's expanding right and that expansion the result of it is your arms lift up slightly or a lot, depending on how much expansion you've got. Mm. But that that sense of being able to not use your external thing to lift your arms up, but to expand from the inside out. And, you know, this is why opening and closing is such a mm. common term when you talk about Tai Chi. 
So he says, ward off is responsible for the ability to attack and uproot an opponent. Uprooting causes your opponent's feet to leave the ground. So it's got an upward sort of motion to it that's meant to lift and send up and out. Yeah. Up and out. Um, yeah, he says, it enables an internal martial artist to hit the opponent and cause them, as the Chinese like to say, to fly away. So that must be what you use to fajin. So oh, I guess you could use g or on to fajin somebody just as easily but yeah punks Th this is this is like the i mean i'll just give you a good example uh, a 10 year old runs at you right a, a significantly smaller person runs towards you and wants to push you right but you don't want to hurt them you just don't want to get knocked over right mm. so what you do is you kind of fill yourself up and you you know you brace for that impact mm -hmm. essentially mm -hmm. right and Pung is that feeling inside your body, not of, again, not of pushing something away from you. It's not an action to like shove something away from you. It's, it's to just stop it. Right. Yeah. That's why, that's why it's, you know, it, it's, you run into a, a giant rubber ball. You're just going to bounce off. Right. Right. The ball's not going anywhere. It's just kind of. So the second technique is kind of the polar opposite. Liu where you're you hit that ball but it absorbs you and pulls you in as opposed to bouncing you up and away it pulls you in and down right and now we're getting into what is tai chi's specialty right, right. because this is the one that tai chi does more than any other martial art and probably frankly does better than any other martial art right um because you know when you do something as your specialty you better do it right it well be. you know <laughs> um so I'll I'll pull from the book here. Lou refers to the ability to energetically absorb and or yield to counter an incoming force, often with circular physical movements so tiny as to appear invisible. Its primary energetic direction is backwards. However, it can be done going downwards, forwards, and upwards by fairly advanced practitioners. Rollback is primarily defensive in nature, although it does have some use in attack. It is the primary yin energy in Tai Chi and absorbs energy both to the inside or outside of the arms and backs of the hands. This is the one where, you know, there are uh, four levels to rollback, right? And in the story that you told earlier, he referred to the highest mm. level of it. Um, the first one is is essentially um, yielding, right? Physically yielding away from something. So the idea that if pressure from your left hand pushes on your right hand, your right hand just moves out of the way, right? It, it it doesn't take any impact. It just moves at the same speed, backing up essentially. So there's no um, commingling really. It's just kind of, you know, they move towards you, you move back at an equal pace, mm. right? Um, the, way, the way Bruce used to describe that first one, um, and he actually gave us his uh, assignment one time was try to punch a feather, right? Throw a feather up in the air and try to hit it with. Your yeah. Face, I remember that. Right. And see how much, see how much damage you can do to a feather by punching it with when it's floating in the air, right? You're not going to do anything. It's going to, you know, it's going to move out of the way. So you never really get any contact, right? The second one, which is called merging, is you're now going to let that thing that's coming forward in just a little tiny bit. So when, you know, when your left hand pushes against your right hand, 
right? There's a very slight, like your, your right hand doesn't move initially. It absorbs that little bit where the flesh on your palm kind of goes in just a tiny bit before a little contact. There's a little right. weight transferred. There. There's a little stickiness to it. Right. Um, and that's kind of the, the level that most people kind of play with for a long time. Right. Um, that's sort of the, what we refer to as, you know, um, like not pushing and not pulling, right? You just have this thing of you're touching something, but you're not running away from it. Mm-hmm. And you're not right? that he um, calls in the book, Buju Buding, neither right. leave the opponent nor oppose him. Right. And then the third level, this is the one of the, the probably the most advanced level that mm, most human beings will get to is that now when that person's at force energy hits your body even before that palm moves right but when you're when your hand is pressing into your palm you're starting to direct the energy and force of the thing coming towards you in a direction so this is when you push on me i don't just get out of the way i lead you in a direction right this is what it says here you pull his energy from his body into yourself and through and past your body Right. This is what uh, Yueshiba did. Mm. So this final level is where you've now reached sort of a um, molecular level of things, right? And um, basically, I think what this is, is you are able to make yourself so soft that your energy actually on a you know cellular level can connect to another person's body um and again like i've only heard of two stories of this happening one is in the tt leong book and the other is leo doing it the day before he died um to bruce and you know there aren't a lot of things that bruce has said to me where he when he said it he had the sort of dumbfounded thing of i still don't know how he did it and this is one of those things where he was kind of like, I still don't know how he did it, you know, exactly. Because it is one of those things, I think, until you can do it, which is, a, you know, again, big if, uh, you really can't say for certain how it's done. It's like those first three, I can tell you how they're done because I can do them. That fourth one is like, all right, in theory, I know how it's done, but, you know, I can't pick up a chair. I mean, it'd be nice because boy you know save your back rearrange the furniture at least you know, pick up your couch <laughs> but uh, well that fourth level he calls magnetizing he says your right. hand magnetizes the attacker's body allowing you to lift him off the ground just as a large industrial magnet lifts a heavy metal object off the floor there is no momentum involved you are purely controlling the chi of the attacker's body in a way that seems to negate the laws of gravity there it is so, yeah <laughs> That's I mean, one of those lost skills, as they say. This is, I think, on a, a essentially, it's the same skill when they talk about, like in the Bagua, they talk about lightness skill. Yeah. The, the, the guys Ching who can jump. Can jump yeah. 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 Like could jump like 30, 40 feet. Right. I think it's the same thing, essentially. You, you have, you figured out the cheat code for gravity. Right. So you can, you know, you could apply it to yourself and make yourself go up in the air, but 
you know, truth of the matter is moving things around is probably more useful than launching yourself in the air, you know? So it's just a different application. He gives us a little paragraph here. Um, This method of magnetizing may be lost to future generations. On the day before my mentor, Liu Hongjie, died, he demonstrated it on me. Liu did not explain it, nor at this point can I, although I'm trying to figure it out. The original masters of Chen style Tai Chi, as well as the original Yang, his son, and some of their students were said to possess the technique. T.G. Liang told a story about one of the disciples of the original Yang, who, merely putting his palms flat on the top of the armrest of a heavy chair and not grabbing it, was able to lift it off the floor and move it. And that's the story we uh, mentioned previously. Right, and, and just for a uh, side note, Bruce and T.T. Liang had were were classmates uh, in a mantis class under a <laughs> 80 a guy who was in his 80s yeah. and tt leong was in his early 70s at that point <clears throat> and i just love the idea of a you know tai chi master in his 70s and a you know very youthful very uh fiery young bruce kind of in in a class together doing mantis with some right. guy who's even who's even older right. than tt leong tt leong was old when he was young man that guy's been around forever yeah, I know. I mean, it's, you know, he's, I think, you know, he started doing Tai Chi at 50 or something for health reasons. And the guy lived to be, I think, 102 or something like that, which is pretty uh, impressive. Yeah, quite an amazing character. Hey, folks, uh, just a reminder, check out the Instagram uh, for images to go along with the episodes. We have a Facebook page. And again, if you want to hear the extended episode of this uh Go to our Patreon and uh, you can join for $5 a month to hear the extended episodes and $10 a month to hear the everything we've got on there. All right. Take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening and be well.